Hello, hello, Calvary Carlsbad. Thank you for joining us on our Sunday morning online service. So stoked to have you. I've really enjoyed like the reach we've gotten from this online, you know, presence and being able to share messages. And I've heard of lots of people listening to them that maybe have never even been to our church. And so that's really cool. Today, we're actually meeting in person as well. Right now, <laughs> while this is playing, we're meeting here because it's all pre-recorded, but uh, with a family service, a quick family service, it's our first step towards meeting again, but we are going to continue this online uh, journey and thing, uh, keeping it the same so that we can continue to minister in that way because it's valuable and I know not everyone is comfortable with meeting yet and we don't have childcare, so there's all kinds of reasons to keep this up, so this will continue, but if you want to come out and join us for the time being, we're going to be doing it outside, family service right here in our parking lot. So um, stay tuned for more. Everything's constantly changing. But we thank you for being with us here. So we're in Ruth chapter three or part three of our four part series. So um, Ruth, or the story of Ruth is all about redemption, right? Re redeemed, restored, and remembered. And so uh, we're going to get into that kind of coming up to this point. There's been a lot going on. We know Naomi and Ruth left Moab. Ruth is from Moab. Naomi had moved there with her husband Elimelech. Elimelech died. Her two sons died. Ruth is her daughter-in-law that's come with her and is a foreigner in their land. And, and she's found a field to, to glean off of. Uh, with an actual relative of Elimelech. So uh, Naomi's husband, so Ruth's father-in-law's relative. And he's been very good to her. And he's an honorable man and a sweet guy. And he's like stacked the deck so that they're dropping extra food for her. And she's super blessed. So kind of had left off at that point. And, and uh, so we're going to dive into chapter three. Let's pray and we'll get started. Lord, thank you so much for... Uh, this time, Lord, to gather together wherever we are, whether in person or online. We pray that you would speak to us through this story of redemption, of restoration, and of remembrance. God, we know that you, uh, if we can keep our eyes on you, you will blow our minds with your faithfulness. And so help us to see what you want us to see here this morning, that our eyes would be open, that you fill us with your Holy Spirit, and um, Lord, that you just have your way here. We uh, thank you for each person listening, pray that you'd meet them where they're at and minister to them and that they would, that you just show them how real you are today, Lord, in Jesus name. Amen. So Ruth chapter three, we're going through the whole chapter. All right. Verse one, then Naomi, uh, the name of this message before I get started is redemption is near. Redemption is near. So Verse one, then Naomi, her mother-in-law, mother-in-law to Ruth said to her, my daughter, shall I not seek security for you that it may be well with you? Uh, thing is, is that Ruth has found a comfortable place to glean. She's bringing home a lot of grain. Boaz is making sure of it. She's getting extra. She's bringing it home so much so to the point where Naomi's like, where are you getting this? And then she finds out, oh, it's Boaz. Yeah, he's actually related to us and he's hooking it up 100%. And she's not just focused anymore on 
uh, surviving. She's more looking to like thriving for her daughter-in-law, Ruth. She wants to see Ruth uh, get all the blessings she deserved because Ruth left all her gods behind. And she says, your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. And she is choosing to follow um, the Hebrew God, our God, right? The, the one true God. And she's being blessed for it because she's she believes it and she's acting in it. So um, Naomi says, I, I want to seek security for you. And what she means by security is I want to find you a husband. I want you to be blessed. I want you to uh, experience, you know, and because it's really good that it's coming from Naomi. I think partially because it's her son. That's her ex. I mean, her husband that had died. She's widowed from him. So, you know, she, it kind of has to come from her. Like, listen, hon, go like, I want you to find a man. Okay. And, and we're going to see Naomi is slick and she has a plan here. Um, so she wants to find her security that it may be well with you. And, and the word security actually in this context means rest, uh, find a place of rest, find a place of refuge. And, um, we're going to see that that is what is going to happen. Not to give it away, but uh, verse two. Now, Boaz, whose young woman you were with, is he is he not our relative? In fact, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. So she points out Boaz. Now, she doesn't really need to point out Boaz to Ruth because Ruth is taken by this man's kindness and his um, fairness and his wisdom and his godliness. Uh, Boaz is the real deal and Ruth knows it. We don't know. We know he's older too. He's like quite a bit older than her. Uh, and he might not be super attractive, but she's noticed his character is really, really strong. And so she says, listen, Boaz is a relative and he's winnow he's winnowing barley tonight at the threat threshing floor. So the idea of her, him being a relative is that he could potentially be a goel. This was the word goel uh, in the Hebrew and it could commonly or sometimes translated as the kinsman redeemer. And if you've read through Ruth or you've heard things about Ruth, that is the word, the kinsman redeemer. Uh, the kinsman redeemer was responsible for a lot of things for the Israelites. It could be to buy someone out of slavery that is a family member. Um, they would be responsible to avenge the blood of someone who'd been murdered, meaning they would make sure that justice was served, like not let it just go on. Uh, they could, uh, they were responsible to buy back family land if they were able to do that, if somebody had sold it off. Um, and so, and then the last thing, and this is what this is all about, is they were responsible to carry on the family name. So they would marry a widowed kid, a widowed woman who didn't have any sons. And so basically what they would do is that they would keep the line going. So really this kind of comes back to Elimelech, who is related to Boaz. His line, he had two sons, but his sons never had any kids and they both died. So Elimelech's line would have died. Elimelech and Naomi, their line would have died. And so uh, what a kinsman redeemer would come in and do is give a son to that line, keeping the line alive, keeping the closest relative that could keep it as close to it as possible. But there was a, a real um, like a, a like preservative measure taken um, by the people to try and keep 
the family going. And I think that's actually really cool to think about like a family having that go to those great lengths to keep it going and to keep make sure justice is served and that, uh, you know, that, hey, we're keeping the family land intact and we care about what happens to one another. We're not autonomous. So uh, we all are involved with each other. So Boaz was a relative. So Naomi's thinking this guy could be the kinsman redeemer. He's a relative of of uh, Elimelech, he could keep the line going. He could redeem you, be the kinsman redeemer or the goel. So he was winnowing barley. That's like at the end of the harvest. It's like a celebration and they're kind of pulling all the barley in together. And Naomi is, again, smart. She knows exactly what to do. She says, listen, Ruth, I know you're a sweetie and I know you're you know, doing your thing here, but let me give you some advice tonight. Tonight's important for you. Uh, therefore, Wash yourself and anoint yourself. So wash yourself and put on something that smells good, some perfume. Put on your best garment and go down to the threshing floor. So put on your best clothes, wash up, smell as good as you can, and go down to the threshing floor. Don't make yourself known until the man, until he has finished eating and drinking. So let him get all his work done. You know, you just kind of be there, let him eat, let him drink. And then it shall be when he lies down, that you shall notice the place where he lies and you shall go in, uncover his feet and lie down and he will tell you what you should do. Uh, this kind of sounds a little sketchy, like, hey, go in and sneak into his bed or whatever. That is not what this is at all. Actually, in, in uh, this time in Israel, uh, culturally, the idea of going and laying at someone's feet was an act of total submission, right? Keep in mind, it's not like they were wearing like shoes and feet were kind of gnarly, right? And you can wash them a little bit, but it, they'd probably be pretty gnarly, uh, especially after you've been working all day and feasting and all this and that. Um, so she says, just go and lay down at his feet, total act of submission, and he will tell you what to do. Naomi knows Boaz is legit and she knows he's trustworthy. She knows he's going to know what to do. And he's, and I think she knows Boaz probably likes her too. Because remember, Naomi's been bringing home way more barley than she should be. She's been bringing home like a whole mother load. And she's like, who's been giving this to you? And she knows Boaz has been looking at Ruth. But she's, Ruth is going to be kind of forward, but it's not crazy forward. This is a real thing. And this is not unheard of. It's something they do. Um, so anyway. He'll tell you what to do. And then verse five, it says, and she said to her, all that you say to me, I will do. Ruth trusted Naomi. She just trusted her. She says, whatever you tell me to do, I'll do. The two had grown close. She was like, hey, your God's my God. Where you say to go, I'll go. She's under submission, not just to, she's not just going to be under submission to Boaz on this. She's going to be under submission of her mother-in-law. She trusts her. They love each other. Ruth is a, a really honorable woman. Her character is Really, really high. We're going to see that even more in a second. Verse six. So she went down to the threshing floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law instructed her. And after Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was cheerful, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. And she came softly, uncovered his feet and lie, lay down. Uh, there's something to doing exactly what you're told. Like there is something so honorable about doing exactly what you're told to do. That's what she's doing. She did exactly what 
uh, Naomi had told her to do, and she's sitting there under his feet, laying down. Verse 8, now it happened uh, at midnight that the man was startled and turned himself, and there a woman was lying at his feet. And he said, who are you? So she answered, I am Ruth, your maidservant. Take your maidservant under your wing, for you are a close relative. Of course, Boaz is startled when he wakes up to find a woman at his feet. He's like, who are you? What are you trying to steal? Like, he didn't know what was going on. Uh, but Ruth says, I'm Ruth, your maidservant. Again, another place of humility. She's coming in humility. And uh, so he, she's like, hey, look, I'm, I'm your maidservant. And this is why I'm here. I'm your close relative. Like, take me under your wing. Take me under your wing, please. Like, redeem me, Boaz. I'm, I'm calling out to you. I need your redemption. I need you to help me. I need you to be uh, my Goel. Um, Boaz has been watching Ruth for quite some time. And uh, her character has been well documented, as we'll see here in just a second. But uh, Ruth and her love for Boaz... There seems to be a bit of a, you know, like I said a, a second ago, like or a little, or little bit ago, he's a little older, potentially, who knows if he's good looking or anything like that. But what she saw in him was his character and his wisdom. And she valued that. And, and he became more and more attractive over time. Character and wisdom is so much more important than looks or money or popularity or prestige. Character and wisdom ages really well all that other stuff not so much right that other stuff is like it ages horribly and you it's like oh boy i is that what i signed up for no this is this is what ages well and she sees him and she trusts him and she knows he's a good guy anyway so if you're single by the way you want to look for that character wisdom that's the stuff that matters the most right and also to be that, right? You can't just ask for that and you yourself are like so far off of that. Um, you got to be that. God wants to give good gifts to those who are a good gift in return, right? So he wants to bless and he wants to, you know, bring together those who are going to honor him. And so that's where we all want to be. Verse 10, then he said, blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter, for you have shown more kindness at the end than at the beginning, and that you did not go after younger men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you request, for all the people of my town know that you are a virtuous woman. To paraphrase, Boaz is pumped. <laughs> He's like, you're so awesome. I'm stoked that you've done this. And he says, thank you for not going after younger men. Even though rich or poor, you didn't go for the super attractive, young, flashy thing. Like you are so honorable and everyone in the town knows you're a woman of virtue. And think about how hard that would be to win over a town as a foreigner coming in, taking from the people. Ruth was a woman of character. Boaz was a man of character. Ruth was a woman of character. And when two people are, are like that, they have wisdom, they're full of character, they want to honor God with their lives, the ending will be good. Like God will use it. There, it will be a blessing and it will be glory to his name. So he wants to redeem her. 
Like that's basically what he's saying. Like I will, I really want to do this, but, but verse 12. Now it is true that I am a close relative. However, there is a relative closer than I. Could you feel like their hearts drop or sink? I'm sure Ruth is just like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Who is this? I got to meet another guy. Um, she's been following. I think she's been falling in love with Boaz over the, however long she's been working there. And I think vice versa. They're both just kind of looking at each other and they're just like, man, she's a cool girl. She's like so honorable. She's Look at the way she's treated Naomi. Look at the way she works. She's got this work ethic and she loves God. And oh, that's awesome. And she's like, man, has a man ever shown me this kind of kindness? Like, look at how he treats his workers. Look how hard he works. And what an amazing guy. So they're like falling in love with each other, but there's a problem. There's a closer relative. And the way it works is the closest relative has the first dibs or really the first responsibility. And they would have to give up that responsibility for it to go to the next relative. Verse 13, stay this night and in the morning it shall be that if uh, he will perform the duty of a close relative for you, good, let him do it. But if he does not want to perform it, the duty for you, then I will perform the duty for you as the Lord lives. Lie down until morning. So he says, listen, I'm dealing with this first thing in the morning. <laughs> Can you tell the excitement, right? Like Christmas day, like let's go. He's like, I'm going to go find this relative and I'm going to go talk to him. And if he wants to do it, good. I don't want to get in the way. If this is what God wants, I don't want to get in the way. I want to honor him. He's not trying to be like, forget the other relative. Let's just do it. He's like, I want to do this right because I don't want to mess this up. And if he wants to do it, good. If not, good. But the, I, the really, the thing is the next day, Ruth's going to get married one way or the other. Like that redeemer thing, it's like, so it's either going to be him Boaz, or it's going to be this other relative. Boaz is going to go talk to the guy and he says, I'm going to see if he wants to do it. If he wants to do it, okay, fine. Like, I don't want to get in the way of that. But if he doesn't, I'm there, girl. <laughs> let's get married. So, but he says, you know, anyway, let's, let's talk in the morning. Let's deal with this in the morning. So verse 14. So she lay at his feet until morning. I don't know how much, if any, either one of them slept. Probably not. They were probably both in their heads because especially, we'll see, they woke up real or got up early. And she arose before one could recognize her. Then he said, do not let it be known uh, that the woman came to the threshing floor. Also, he said, bring the shawl that is on you and hold it. And when she held it, he measured six ephahs of barley uh, and laid it on her. Then she went into the city. So he said, when they couldn't recognize each other. So what does that mean? The sun isn't up. She took off early in the morning. He's like, you know, you got to get out of here. I don't want this to turn into a talking thing. I just want to deal with this with the least amount of people involved as possible. Um, it's not, I don't think it's like a sketchy thing at all, but it seemingly was that he just didn't want a lot of people talking and kind of get in the ear of the other relative. He wants to deal with this directly. He wants to handle it the way he wants to handle it. So he says, here, just go. Here's, you know, I'm going to bless you with some more barley. She's got a lot of barley. Um, I think, you know, I was reading commentaries. I was thinking six ephahs sounds like a whole lot. That's like 33 um, gallons of <laughs> barley, which would be a whole lot to carry. Uh, it's in... It's italicized in the Bible. And so it might have meant a different measurement. Some people think it's 
six handfuls. And there's actually a whole line of thinking that it, that could be her six like descendants that are, are notable. And anyway, doesn't matter. She goes back with a gift to Naomi. Verse six, 16. When she came to her mother-in-law, she said, is that you, my daughter? So it's probably still dark um, at this point. So she comes to her mother-in-law. Then she told her all that the man had done for her. And she said, these six ephahs of barley he gave me. Uh, for he said to me, do not go empty handed to your mother-in-law. Then she said, sit still, my daughter, until you know how this matter will turn out. For the man will not rest until he's concluded the matter this day. Ruth is getting married one way or the other. And she knows, I think Naomi knew Boaz really liked Ruth. And he, she knows he's going to deal with this. He's going to get to the bottom of this today. Um, kind of a cliffhanger for part four or chapter four. Um, they get married. They, <laughs> they end up getting married, as I've already mentioned in other weeks. But um, it's really cool how it all works out. And it's so cool to see how they honor the Lord in all of this. But the overarching giant theme here is a woman, a foreign woman coming in to the land who's, who's choosing to honor God, honor her mother-in-law, seek to do what's right. And what is the result? God is pouring out blessings on her. Again, the grandmother of David or great-grandmother of David, great-grandmother of David. Uh, yes, great-grandmother. Um, in the line of the Messiah, this is so huge. And uh, Boaz is going to get to redeem the family line. That is such a blessing to Naomi, who had, they walked away to Moab to go to the safe place where, you know, the, you know, the, the famine isn't going to affect them so negatively. And her whole life fell apart because she wasn't where she was supposed to be. She wasn't with her people. She wasn't honoring God. She was choosing to do it her own way, think her own way. And now she's being blessed with a lineage because it's a Limelech's relative. It's like it's hers. And so this is going to be so sweet when it all comes up. But the redemption is near. And I want to encourage anyone listening here this morning or whatever time you're listening, that redemption is near because redemption is found in Jesus. This is a foreshadowing story about one who comes and is so just and is so good and is waiting to redeem us. And it's the message of the cross that Jesus came and died for us to redeem us. Not just to give us like some inheritance, to give us eternal life, to give us uh, peace here and now, to take away our sins, to purify our hearts, to, to uh, equip us for ministry, to give us lives that matter right here and right now. So if you're loving the story of redemption and the kinsman redeemer, there is a greater redeemer waiting for you. And his name is Jesus. And all you have to do to come to Jesus is to recognize that you're a sinner, that you missed the mark, that you're on your own a mess. That's all of us, right? I mean, I think that every single week. But to recognize that and then recognize you needed a savior because God is perfect. There's no sin in him at all. There's no darkness, just light. And so any darkness in us cannot coexist with his perfection. And so... 
Jesus came and he died so that he took on all of our sins so we could be made pure before him. And so the sin has been crucified. The price has been paid on the cross. He's the lamb of God that took away the sins of the world so that we could have hope in him. So if that is you and you're you're feeling that, all you got to do is surrender to Jesus. Come to him and say, Lord, I surrender. I can't do this on my own. And I recognize I need a redeemer. I need help. I need someone to come in and rescue me. I couldn't do it on my own. And as you do that, God is going to meet you right there. And he's going to fill you with your, ask him to fill you with his Holy Spirit and, and to show you new life. And if you if you want, just let us know. We'd love to uh, be able to minister or reach out and get you a Bible or something uh, to start that new life. But it's really that simple. And that's where we all start. Just surrendering to the Lord and saying, my way isn't working anymore. I just want to come back to you, much like Naomi, and see, I want to be on path with you. I want to be walking with you. Wednesdays, we've been going through um, the Hall of Faith. Enoch walked with God. That was the testimony. He walked with God. Right? That's what pleases God. That's that faith that he is. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We want to walk with God. That It all starts with that surrender, repentance. God, forgive me for everything I've done. I want to turn and I want to follow you. And as you do that, you're going to sense that real working in your life. And as we continue to repent and surrender and, and follow him and take his lead and, and get into the word and start praying, you're going to see God transform you and transform your life to be something so worthwhile. Ruth went from being a girl that would have been down to just pick off the corners of the field to, to being a full-on heir, a full-on, um, you know, have the keys to the castle and, and to have a, a lineage that follows her. God wants to do that in us. So uh, if that's you, just take a moment and just ask God into your heart, okay? Uh, I just want to give that option because it's all about redemption, all about a redeemer. There is no greater redeemer than Jesus. This is what it's all about. He is the redeemer, okay? So, if that, I don't know who that's for. If that's for you, then good. All right, let's pray. Lord, we thank you that uh, you redeem us and you love us and you care. So God, I pray that you would help us all to um, recognize that and to just be so overjoyed with the, the life that we find in you, with the um, fact that the reality that our sins are forgiven, we're made new in you. So God, I pray that you would Um, If there's anyone listening to this right now and they are sensing that tug at their heart, that they would just take the time to just bow before you and and just maybe even get on their knees and and say, God, I need help. I can't do this on my own. And Lord, we know we we weren't meant to do this on on our own. It's all points back to we need you. The whole point of creation was you and Adam walking in the cool of the day, having fellowship. And that's what we were created for. That's what eternity will be. So God, I pray that you would be working wherever you want to work, ministering to whoever you want to minister to, and uh, that there would be joy that would come out of that. Thank you for this story. Thank you for everything you're doing. God, we pray you'd use us in this world that we're living in, that we'd be lights, that we'd be salt. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next week. God bless.